Hello, everybody. I'm Mark Kennedy, and this is the Healthy Nomics Podcast, episode 32, with guest Mark Remy. Greetings, everybody. What's happening in your world? If you're new to the Healthy Nomics Podcast, this is typically an interview-based show where I talk to some of the best minds in running, from coaches to physiotherapists to nutritionists, even athletes themselves. As a token of appreciation to listeners of this episode, with my guest Mark Remy, I'm giving away a copy of each of Mark's books. His books include C is for Chafing, The Runner's Rulebook, Everything a Runner Needs to Know, and Then Some, Runners of North America, A Definitive Guide to the Species, The Runner's Field Manual, A Tactical and Practical Survival Guide, and The Dumb Runner Training Journal. If you want to win a copy of each of these books, simply leave a comment at the bottom of, at the page healthynomics.com slash 32. In the actual interview with Mark, I made a mistake and gave the wrong link. Uh, the correct link is healthynomics.com slash 32 and not slash 31. Go there, leave a comment by May 31st, 2017, and I'll select one random winner to receive a copy of each book. Before we get to today's interview with Mark Remy, I wanted to see if anyone's tried the popular Couch to 5K program and found it too challenging. If so, I put together a free plan that addresses the flaws I see in the Couch to 5K. If you want to check out the plan, go to nuntorun.com and then click on the None to Run plan button at the top. On to today's interview with Mark Remy. Mark Remy is a runner and writer based in Portland, Oregon. He has been a columnist and a writer at Runner's World since 2007. Mark has been running since 1994 and has run 27 marathons, including Boston, eight times. In 2015, Mark launched Dumb Runner, which is a website for runners who enjoy laughter and pie, his words. Most of the online advice for beginner runners makes it running too hard, too complicated. Dumb runner, well, dumbs everything down because Mark believes running should be simple, and so do I. In this episode, we talk about how running has impacted Mark's life, the shower beer, give you a hint, you should try it, stretching, was it only cool in 1981? The only three things you need to know to begin running, really, how to pick a training plan, and much more. The show notes for this episode will be at healthynomics.com slash 32. There you'll also be able to download the transcript of this episode. Please enjoy my chat with Mark Remy. Welcome to the Healthy Nomics Podcast. Boosting your health and fitness IQ. One episode at a time. And now your host, Mark Kennedy. Welcome to the Healthy Nomics Podcast, Mark. Happy to have you on the show. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, excited to chat. I've been following your your sites online and uh, reading some of your articles in Runner's World uh, for quite some time now. So excited to uh, finally chat. And um, I'm sure our listeners is, uh, are excited as well to uh, hear you and hear about some of your stories and um, some of your information and uh, with regards to uh, running and helping beginner runners, which is what I primarily focus on on the helping out beginner runners. So anyways, um, why don't we start by, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe where you grew up and uh, your journey into running and then um, and what, and what you're up to today with regards to, you know, running and, and work, et cetera. Right. So uh, taking those in order, if I can, uh, okay. first of all, some, some, someone questioned whether I've grown up at all, but uh, <laughs> uh, to the extent that I have grown up or did grow up, it happened in um, South Central Ohio here in the States. Uh, and, uh, you know, I lived in a pretty small town, um, uh, pretty rural, and uh, started out actually as a cyclist, uh, a road cyclist back then in, in high school. How did you get into road cycling? 
I'm sorry. How did you get into road cycling? Uh, <laughs> that's enough. So I'm afraid we're already going to go off on a tangent. Um, I'm, I'm terrible about going off on tangents. Uh, the short version is that there was a huge, huge um, uh, two-day, 200-mile bike ride um, that went kind of by my hometown every uh, Mother's Day weekend. Um, it's still going on. It's called the Tour of the Soda uh, River Valley. Okay. And uh, I kind of um, caught into that, and some friends and I decided to, uh, I guess you would call it the equivalent of banditing when you're, before I knew any better. So we, we kind of hopped on. We didn't do the whole thing, but we hopped in with the riders and, and did like uh, half of one of the days, uh, you know, in our, you know, department store, junky bikes. And uh, it trashed us and everything else, but uh, you know we loved it, and um, I certainly stuck with it, and that's kind of got me started with that. So I got better bikes and got better and faster and rode longer. So I, I did that for a lot of years. Actually, dabbled in racing, but mostly um, century rides, hundred mile rides, and uh, that kind of laid the foundation, I guess, uh, looking back for my um, for my running life. And I kind of got into running later uh, as kind of cross training for cycling. Um, so I kind of uh, stumbled into it, I guess. Um, you know, for most folks, it works the other way around. They start out running, and then um, you know, due to injury or whatever, you know, they wind up uh, in their older years um, turning to cycling a bit more. But I did it backwards. So that's how I do things, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, and I've already forgotten. See, see, I've already forgotten uh, your other two questions. You had like at least a three-part question. In the yeah, other you know, well, I threw too much at you. So, apologies, but um... no, no, no. Uh, what did we talk about? We talked about uh, where you grew up, how you got into running, and what about you yep. running now? What like or what distances did you start running? Did you like you know one of those people who said oh, I'm just going to do a marathon, or did you start with five um, k's? Um, yeah, what what's your running journey been like? Yeah, I, I was just about to say I wasn't um, I wasn't that dumb to jump right into the marathon, but uh, <laughs> some people I, do. I was, I, I was fairly you know I was, I was dumb enough even back then. Well, you know, for, all kidding aside, for one thing, you know, I'd been I'd been biking um, fairly seriously in pretty long distances for, gosh, uh, nine ten years uh -huh. I guess before I got into running. So I, I, had, a, I had a pretty good you know, aerobic base, cardio base, and you know I was I, I was lean and healthy and. Uh, you know, I, was, I was also 20 something years old and that goes a long way. <laughs> you're a lot more resilient when you're that young. Um, so, uh, you know, my first race, my, my first actual race might've, might've been a 15 miler if memory serves. I remember it was a, uh, Valentine's day race. It was cold. I was wearing tights. Um, and I remember doing fairly well in that, like better than I expected. And I thought, uh, wow, there might be something to this. Um, so, you know, that kind of, um, was another rung on the ladder. So, you know, it wasn't long after that, that I decided, uh, you know, um, a, I think I'm a better, uh, I'm better at running, you know, naturally just physically, uh, better at running than I am at cycling. And, um, you know, and by that time, I, like I said, I've been biking pretty steadily, pretty seriously for about 10 years almost. So you know, after a while you kind of get, even if you still enjoy, it, you kind of get a little burned out, you know? Um, so the combination of those two things just, you know, gradually turned me from a, a cyclist who sometimes runs into a, a runner who sometimes bikes and then, you know, just pretty much a runner <laughs> who, who keeps telling himself he should get back on the bike more, but really doesn't. Although I am more now, but more for transportation. Um, yeah. So I, I, I basically, I went, if memory serves, uh, I think I went from that 15 mile race. Uh, my next race, you know, per se actually might've been the marathon. Um, but that's only because, um, there weren't a whole lot of races, uh, at least that I knew about, you know, in, 
in central, south central Ohio back then. So, um, you know, in fairness, I, I do recall actually training for the marathon. Yeah. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not very smart or very uh, intelligently, but I, I certainly did put the miles in. And uh, so I did my first marathon at age 25 and did reasonably well, I guess, and uh, just kept going from there. So how many, I know you've done a lot of marathons. How many marathons total have you run? I ran marathon number 27 uh, two days ago at Boston. Oh, you ran Boston. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I did. Thanks. Yeah, how'd it, I was how'd it go? Uh, it was it was good. It was uh, I, I never intended to do Boston 2017. Um, uh, it, to be honest, I, I never really planned. I, I had no plans on really doing a marathon uh, again ever in, for the indefinite future. Not that I was totally against the idea, but I just had no plans. And then, you know, months ago, um, a fellow Canadian, uh, Tim, Tim Sullivan, a Facebook friend of mine, uh, just shot me an email and said, uh, uh, Hey, would you be interested in, uh, possibly guiding me at, at, at Boston? Uh, Tim is, um, blind, he's, you know, he's visually impaired okay. and, uh, legally blind. Um, so I, uh, I said, yeah, cause how can you say no to a, an offer like that? So, uh, I wound up, uh, guiding him. That was my first time guiding a blind runner and, uh, it, it went okay. I, there were no major calamities um we uh you know we had we were lucky enough to have another another uh more experienced guide with us so there were two two of us guiding and tim kind of running in between us and uh we actually hooked up with a third guide whose whose runner had uh unfortunately had to drop out during the race so by the time we finished the race we were you know three guides three guides for one runner so well, lots of support for him um and it was a yeah. warm day was it was it a bit too warm for the marathon uh, yes, <laughs> is the short answer. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. I, let me put it this way. I, I don't think I spoke with anybody, um, after the, I haven't spoken with anybody since the race who told me like, yeah, I had an awesome race. I had a really good time at PR and I, you know, I felt great. Uh, you know, everyone I've talked to, including the ones who are really in shape and really ready for it, uh, just you know, it was a slog for everybody, I guess. Yeah. Do you know uh, Mario Freoli at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. He was a guest on uh, on my podcast a few weeks back. And um, yeah, I just sort of followed his his um, updates on his race. And he said it was his worst marathon time ever. <laughs> yeah, but we still went like at the 230 or 240 or something ridiculous. or something. It's like, yeah, boo oh, Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I had no sympathy, but I was, I think he ran a two. 45 or 247 or something yeah i think uh, i think i think it's around there you're right yeah but i mean i you know i i joke i mean it's all relative and you know a bad race for one runner is it would be a you know a fantastic race for another and it's just it all depends on um on where you are and what your goals are yeah. but yeah it was, it was everybody was adjusting their expectations down on, on monday i think yeah for sure um and through all those numerous races you've done marathons and other races any any favorites that stand out for some reason or another Ah, uh, geez well um you know a, a related question that i guess sometimes what's your favorite marathon um and you know it's it sounds like a kind of a glib answer uh, or a, maybe even a cop-out but i always you know i always say boston automatically just because it, you know it's, it's boston you know there's really uh yeah they're, they're, you know, I've kind of run out of ways to describe it without sounding completely trite, but it's 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 a pretty special race. You know, it's 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 the Boston Marathon, and it's just uh, you know, I, I struggle for for words to 
describe those emotions when you make that final left turn on Boylston. Um, you know, I mean, it's emotional every step of the way. Don't get me wrong. You know, and there's, you know, through all the towns and the crowds are great and Wellesley's great and uh, the fire station and the Newton Hills. It's just, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, like, like the same literature sometimes, like the, the, the marathon itself is like a character in the story, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's really something else. And, you know, as far as like my best or most memorable race ever, this might sound like a, a, a bit of an easy answer too, but, you know, Monday's race was, uh, was pretty amazing, you know, just because it was my first time ever, uh, not, not only my first time ever guiding a blind runner, um, it was the first time that I've ever really run for anybody else but myself, period. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I've been at this, you know, 20 some years now and it occurred to me like, wow, I've never, you know, I was, I was never one to, to go to the charity running route. Yeah. I've, great respect and admiration for those guys, but I just never, I just never went down that path myself yep. for a reason. And, uh, uh, I never, I never really ran even like in someone's memory or anything as simple as that. Uh, you know, when I was, when I was running and really, you know, racing, it was just pure competition and wanting to see how, how, how well I could run and, you know, how PRs I get set on that kind of, uh, inward focused stuff. So, running with this outward focus was, um, it was brand new to me and it was pretty incredible, you know, I, I gotta say, uh, and you know, and, 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 um, my, my buddy, Tim, who I was guiding was having a bit of a rough day, not just cause of the heat, but he had a, an injury flare up, uh, fairly, fairly early into the race. And, uh, for a while there, I thought it was kind of touch and go. Like I was wondering to my, you know, strictly to myself, of course, like, oh, I'm not sure if we're going to finish today, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I tried to stay as positive as I could, and, and Tim was just a, a champion. I know he's a super positive guy, and he, uh, you know, we took plenty of walk breaks and got lots of fluids, and just um, just got it done. You know, we, we finished, and he ran all the way down Boylston. So that's awesome. So you know, we got it done. Yeah. So that was that was pretty that was pretty memorable. You know, um, probably number two would have been also at Boston, but you know, my first Boston because you know you only get one first time, and that was a pretty special special day yeah well that's great thanks for sharing that and um and then today so uh, you're a writer is that is that what you do for a living primarily <laughs> i ask myself the same thing quite often <laughs> my wife asked me are you you're just for a living well, yeah, who are you what do you do yeah <laughs> who are any of us really you know um uh, not to get all existential um yeah yeah i yeah i'm a writer um so I, my background is um is, is strictly in publishing. I started out, um, you know, at first in newspapers, uh, believe it or not, if you remember what those are. And um, <laughs> oh, they did that for a while and, and still have deep affection and um, love for, for newspapers, like the actual print, physical, you know, smudgy kind. Yeah, as do I. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so I, I started with that and then from there got uh, got my foot in the door at uh, uh, Rodale. Um, back then it was called Rodale Press, which is based in eastern Pennsylvania. And of course, Rodale, um, uh, Rodale Inc., as it's called today, uh, is the parent company of not just Runner's World, but uh, bicycling and men's health and prevention and uh, all these other um, healthy, crunchy kind of titles. So, you know, work, working there was uh, literally a, a dream come true for me. I dreamed about working at Rodale since since high school, really, you know, um, when I used to read Backpacker magazine, which back then was a Rodale title. 
so uh, I kind of, again, stumbled into a job at Rodale and was fortunate to, to do that. And that, uh, man, you know, more, more than any other single thing in my professional life, I think that was probably the, the single biggest event that would, that would uh, kind of shape the rest of my, the rest of my adult professional life was, was in that first job at Rodale. So, um, it wasn't a runner's world, but it was, it was in the company. So I, you know, I, I was, I was close enough and eventually I did make my way to runner's world and, uh, worked at men's health for a while and that kind of thing. And then bounced around a bit in New York city and then came back to Rodale and, um, back to runner's world actually edited their website for a few years, became an editor at large and just kind of a general, uh, uh, you know, utility player type writer slash editor there. And, uh, and then three years ago, my wife and I decided to pull up stakes and uh, move. So we came out to Portland and have been here ever since. That's great. Uh, and so you're still working with Runner's World today? I, I am, yeah. I was, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to bring most of my job at the time with me, uh, minus the benefits and so on, because, you know, it's, uh, there were various legal and tax reasons for that. But uh, I essentially became a contractor. Um, and since then, my work with Runner's World has been um, kind of narrowed down and focused. Uh, um, I, I took the initiative to, to do that. So I was doing, I'm doing a little bit less for Runner's World now, and that freed up time for me to launch my own website, uh, which is dumbrunner.com. And uh, that was, that was back in the fall of 2015. So ever since then, I've been, uh, you know, continuing my work for Runner's World, which includes um, a column in the, in the print magazine four times a year, a uh, feature article here and there and uh, various other duties, um, along with other, you know, whatever other uh, freelance editorial work I can scrounge up. And also uh, a lot of time I'm um, funneling into Dumb Runner, you know, trying to cultivate that and build a readership and have some fun with that. So. Uh, yeah, I kind of got a lot of a lot of things going at once here, but uh, but it's fun. <laughs> well, I want to come back to Dumb Runner for sure because um, yeah. I, I love your writing there. Um, Thanks. With regards to Runner's World, it seems like it comes up every um, podcast I with. But um, Alex Hutchison, who writes Runner's World, actually lives in my neighborhood. I see him with the butcher periodically. Um, I've yet to have him on the podcast, but I, I've I've been for for beers with him. But um, yeah, he he actually grew up in this neighborhood randomly. So, uh, anyways, love his writing as well. Oh, Alex is a great guy. Yeah, I've only met him in person a few times, but we've we've corresponded quite a bit via email and Facebook and stuff. And I have tremendous uh, respect and admiration for Alex. You know, because not like is, is he like a, a a bona fide like you know really super fast runner, um, but he he so knows his stuff. And he you know he's Alex. Alex has this super rare talent for taking um, what is, you know, let's face it, a pretty dry topic, which is, you know, exercise physiology and uh, exercise science and all this in the research and that kind of stuff and kind of uh, translating it for a, for a mass audience um, in a really smart, readable way, you know, without, without dumbing it down. And that's, that's a really fine line to, to, to walk. And, uh, and he does it in a way that I never could because it's just not my thing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smart guy, smart, funny guy. 
Yeah, smart guy. And oftentimes, you know, I studied kinesiology in university and stuff. So, like, I get the science aspect, but uh, often, you know, this question comes up. And I, more often than not, I'm like, I know Alex has written about this somewhere. I just search for his answer and send it to people because I know it's simple, easy to read, easy to digest, and it's not too sciencey. No, I, I, I do that myself. It's very, it's very personable writing. You know, his his voice comes through, and that's that's rare too for for a for a writer who who you know primarily focuses on um, research and uh, and health and fitness and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he's also, by the way, another thing. Um, I, was, I was trying to put this into words, and I couldn't until now. But I think another thing I really like about Alex is that he is. Uh, uh, at least in my opinion, he, he's, uh, he's a skeptic, you know, but he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a healthy skeptic. He's, he's mm-hmm. skeptical without being cynical about it. Yes. You know, he's not, a, he's not afraid to push back and, and, you know, ask tough questions and, uh, you know, to, um, to be honest, to, to call BS when, when there's BS to be called out, you know, but, but never, but never in a mean or snarky way, you know? Um, and I, I admire that as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got to get him on the podcast one of these days. Um, again, before I get to Dumb Runner, um, I want to talk a little bit. How has running impacted your life, or um, or made you, you know, a better person? Jeez, uh, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Where should I start? I mean, uh, man, um, you know, I like with like with a lot of things. I, I think running uh, throughout my life. So, so first of all, you know, first of all, I got to say that, like I, like I said earlier, I've been, I've been running, um, more or less 20 years, a little bit more than 20 years now. Um, I, I pegged my life as a runner to, you know, my first marathon, which was 1995, um, which is close enough. So I, I, I've been doing this quite a while and over that period of time, and I don't, I don't think I'm unusual in this regard. I think I'm fairly typical. Uh, the rest of my life has just been a roller coaster, you know. Um, I you know just geographically and and personally and emotionally and professionally and uh, <laughs> romantically and every, yeah. everything else. It's just you know like 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 everyone else, you know, life just kind of comes at you, and you know, it's just it's just just this craziness. And the one kind of through line through all that stuff has been, has been running, you know, it's been this constant. So in that sense alone, it's, it, it's helped me just because it's, uh, gosh, you know, it's like a, it's, 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 it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, a rope, <laughs> a, a rope leading you, you know, through these like um, tricky mountain passes and things. There's this like rope that you can grab on and it's like, you know, it's, it's right there. And no matter what else is happening, you still have, you still have running. And, uh, you know, as, as long as you're, um, healthy, you know, God willing you are more often than not, you can, um, you know, uh, just put your shoes on and go out the door and just go. And virtually every time you do it, you come back at least feeling like a slightly better person, you know, a little more clear headed, a little more energetic, a little more, uh, I don't know. You have more perspective. Uh, it's it's just this weirdly wonderful thing. You know, it's it's almost magical, uh, and it never diminishes. You know, no matter how much you do it or how long you do it. Like you know, every, to that could go out for a run today and come back, and it would have the same effect. You know, uh, and that's a pretty remarkable thing. I can't think of a lot of things in life that are like that. 
Yeah. You know? I like your um, analogy with the rope. I never really thought of it that way, but that that really resonates with me. Just like it's always there, and you know, yeah, life is throws twists and turns at you, you know, all the time. But there's always this rope, and it's this constant that you can hold on to, and um, yeah, it just kind of keeps you moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, but apart from that, you know, there are the, uh, you know, I, I think running. For me, anyway, it works works on at least two levels: a micro level and a macro level. And uh, you know, the, the, the macro level stuff includes that stuff I just described about you know running running is a constant; it's always there, it's always available, and just just knowing it's there is reassuring. You know, um, yeah, this kind of built-in stability, uh, even when everything else is is just going to pieces. You know, there's there's always running. So that's that's like the macro level, and on the micro level, just day to day, it helps your mood. You know, it keeps you uh, it keeps you fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, you know, it, it's it strengthens your your heart and your lungs and your soul and all this other corny stuff. And it's just it's just it's just great. You know, what can I say? Um, so I, you know, I, I to look at it another way, you could ask, you know, where would I be today? Um, in, in every sense of the word, where would I be? You know, to rattle off that same list, you know. Uh, geographically and, and professionally and psychologically and emotionally and all those other things, where would I be today if I didn't have running that whole time? You know, if there's some parallel universe out there uh, that has, you know, one of me in it, but without running, you know, I, I think I'd be in a, in a significantly worse place, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I try to, uh, I don't dwell on those kind of thoughts, but I, I do think about it fairly often, only because it's it's important, you know, not to take things for granted, and I try, try not to take things for granted. Yeah, but um, yeah, well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, now, your your site, Dumb Runner, and um, before I'll let you tell us a little bit about it, um, I just want to read a couple little uh, either their titles of articles or a couple little uh, segments within. Uh, articles or posts that just jumped out of me today when I was just oh. reading through. One was just a question, and I, I think this is a serious question. Someone wrote in. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Dear dumb runner, is it possible to freeze my twig and berries while running in shorts during the winter months in Colorado? Uh-huh. Did someone write that in? Yes. Yeah. So, th- so that um, that is from a section of the site uh, called Ask Dumb Runner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, in the top in the top navigation of the website, it's 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 called Reader Q and A, which I think is more clear than Ask Dumb Runner. Yeah. Um, and that's the one section of the site that's pretty much always serious, or, or about as serious as my site gets. Okay. Uh, not not to get ahead of ourselves, but most of the site is at least intended to be humorous and satirical and a little tongue in cheek. Uh, the Ask Dumb Runner part is where I take reader questions uh, and answer them. Um, and, and I do try to answer everyone who writes me, even if it doesn't wind up published on the, on the website. Um, so everyone who writes me, uh, hopefully, you know, gets at least a brief personal response. And my philosophy with Ask Dumb Runner is that, um, well, first of all, I included that in the site in the first place because I didn't want the whole thing just to be a gag. Yeah. You know, because, you know, laughter is good and necessary and fun and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I just I just felt like this the site needed something that was that was you know uh, real, I guess, and and, and useful. Yeah. 
a little more um, substantial, I guess you could say. And plus, I just like the idea of, of helping people out, which, uh, you know, uh, making them laugh is helping them too, I guess. But, you know, I, I have been doing this long enough and have been, you know, I have read enough and written enough and worked closely enough with, you know, with enough really smart other people that I feel like I have some wisdom at this point to, to offer and I try to offer it. So long story short, yeah, Ask Dumb Runner is, is they're all real questions from real readers. Um, you can remain anonymous if you want to, but I'll publish the question uh, if I think it's publish, publishing worthy yeah. and uh, an actual response, you know, and the response might be a little fun as well, but there's an actual answer in there someplace. At least I, I try to pull it in there. Well, that's great. And I, I, I like the site, the, the methodology to how you set it up with, you know, the humor side, the serious side, because I mean, runner's world already exists. So there's no point, you know, <laughs> sort of rehashing another, a site that's just, you know, like how to do this, how to do this, what to do with this. Um, so I found it really refreshing and a, a couple oh, of, gosh, other, yeah. Couple yeah, of yeah, other, so, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, no, I was just going to start interrupt. I, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, yeah, per, you're right. Of course. And first of all, you know, runner's world is, is, you know, the 800 pound gorilla, you know, let's face it. And, and they're that for a reason, you know, they're, they're completely dominant and they, they do a certain thing and they do it super well. And, uh, you know, yeah, trying, trying to establish a new kind of runner's world like website would be not only, uh, redundant, um, but kind of stupid on my part, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah, that, that, that'd be beyond dumb. That'd be stupid. Yeah. A um, couple of the other ones I like too. Yeah. There's an article called "Let Us Now Praise the Shower Beer," which really made me laugh because I have uh, been guilty of, in the past, of bringing a beer into the shower. And uh, I think I don't know if it was the morning. I hope it wasn't the morning. That'd be brutal. But uh, I think it was an afternoon run. I cracked a beer, and then um, we had to get somewhere. And I was like, "Well, you know, it's a warm. I'm not going to waste this beer, so it, it, it's coming in the shower with me." Yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah. then um, another one too. I just saw in one of your um, articles for it might have been targeted to beginners, but uh, saying it said when should I stretch? And then your first line was, "I recommend stretching in 1981," which <laughs> which is funny <laughs> but also true. I mean, that's sort of what the research says. And um, yeah, I might tell my my listeners all the time, like you know, by all means, if you want to stretch because it makes you feel good, go for it. But you, you don't need to. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I wrote a more recent uh, bit on stretching. When I don't know if you remember this, but a while back, some research came out about um, flossing, flossing your teeth. You know, and that they essentially concluded that there's no. They didn't say it was useless, but the conclusion, if I recall, was that there's there's really no evidence anywhere to suggest that flossing is is really that beneficial as far as oral health is concerned. Despite we, what every dentist out there will tell you, including my own. Um, and, uh, you know, it, so that finding was a little controversial and some people pushed back, you know, dentists for one. Um, but I, I loved reading it because it validated something I've felt in my gut my whole life, which is that, uh, uh, I don't know how family friendly or unfeeling that your show is, but I'll just, I'll try to be, um, uh, PG here is, uh, you know, that flossing is BS, you know, and I made the analogy between flossing and stretching. Yeah. And I think they're really similar. Like, you know what, if you want to do it, if it makes you feel better or healthier, you know, God bless, knock yourself out. But, um, you know, don't feel that you have to, uh, you know, and certainly don't admonish other people who choose not to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and most important, and this is a big thing to me, most important, 
um, don't feel bad if you don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it's, yeah, getting back to the stretching thing. Stretching is really emblematic of this, I think. Uh, you know, running has kind of become, uh, I guess, like a lot of things in life, just super needlessly complicated. You know, um, you know, we've been kind of trained and groomed to, to overthink it. Uh, and, and, you know, agonize and analyze every little thing and every little bit of research that comes along and this and that. And it's, uh, you know, if that's, if, if that's your thing, if that motivates you, uh, you know, worrying about, you know, what you should eat at what point during the run and timing your protein intake just right. And like, uh, there are, uh, you know, there are a thousand little things like that that are, yeah. that are just blown up. I mean, if that's, if you like getting into that and you really enjoy it and you really think it makes your life and your running better and happier and everything else, then again, go for it. But, um, I, one of my missions in life is I, especially as I get older is to just, just, you know, pound this home just to tell people like, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to live like that, you don't have to, you know, there's this, that's kind of become like the, the, the default for a lot of people like you know, gosh, what, what running shoes should I wear? And, you know, what sort of, um, wearable technology and, you know, how should I fuel, you know, the word fuel is like that is one of my pet peeves. I never refer to <laughs> fuel to me. It's food, it's food and drink, you know? Yeah. Eating and uh, drinking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it goes on and on and on and on. And, uh, you're, it's just, you're just barrage. It just beats you up after a while. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, what, what kills me is that people who are looking to get into running, um, I'm afraid will be so overwhelmed, so daunted by this tsunami of information and tips and advice and warnings. And, you know, uh, are you stretching wrong? Are you eating wrong? You know, here are five ways you're sabotaging your training, all that stuff. Yeah. That I think they're so like daunted by just seeing all that stuff that they might be discouraged from even running at all, you know, which, which kills me. I'm like, Oh, it doesn't have to, you can safely ignore virtually all that stuff. Just get out there and run. You know, there are a few guiding principles. Yeah. Well, this uh, is, uh, you know, this is a perfect actually segue right now because yeah. I, this is an article I read on your website and after I reading this because I focus on helping beginner runners, I read this yeah. article you wrote and I said immediately after I uh, read it, I think I put a comment on your on your blog and I um, I think I emailed you a week later said I need this guy on my podcast because he, he's kind of he thinks the same way I do with regards to beginners and um, the article was the only three things you need to know about go about Sorry, the only three things you need to know to begin running. And um, you talk about three different things. One, just go. Two, be patient. And three, pay attention. Can you talk a little bit about um, each one of those three and how, how it relates to a beginner runner? Yeah, uh, that was a nice segue, wasn't it? <laughs> nice, that's, that's, yeah. what my, that's what my head was going to before you brought it up. I'm like, I actually wrote something about this. Yes. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I, so I wrote this post and I thought it was so important that um, I included a link in the, again, in the top navigation of, of the website, this cruise called Running 101. Um, and if you click that, uh, it doesn't take you to like a section about how to start running with tips on nutrition and gear and da 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 and all this stuff. Um, it just takes you to this one article, which as you said, is called the only three things you need to know to begin running really. Um, and you're right, yeah, the first one, uh, and this this is this is not something that I just wrote off the top of my head, by the way, I wanna, I wanna stress that this is, 
a lot of stuff I write is just stuff that kind of tickles me and it's spur of the moment and I dash it off and publish it and walk away. But this, the, the, the information in this article, um, I, I think has, has been, had been kind of, um, oh gosh, had been kind of fermenting in, in my head for, for years and years and years, you know, and, uh, I finally just sat down and tried my best to distill all these thoughts into one article. Um, and then I distilled the article into those three points, as you mentioned, and, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, uh, I, I think this is actually useful, good advice for anybody. Um, and by the way, not just for beginners, I think this applies, you know, even for veteran runners. Um, so, so basically, yeah, the, the, the first part, just go, uh, gets back to what I was saying a minute ago about not, you know, shaking off that, that, that paralysis that you might feel when you're, um, when you're thinking about starting to run, you know, maybe you watched a marathon or something and you spectated, you got inspired, like, boy, I, I should run. Maybe I have to do a 5k or something, but you know, I haven't run since high school and I got a few extra pounds and this and that. And what shoes do I run? Uh, you know, like my wife, for example, um, was talking to someone uh, a while back and, and told me that her friend wanted to know what kind of running shoes to get. She wanted to start running. And I basically told her like, just, you know, go to a good running store and chat with them a little bit and just, you know, buy the shoes that feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, it's, it's really that simple. And, and there's been a whole industry that's sprung up around questions like that, uh, that are working hard to convince people just the opposite. Like, no, you need a gait analysis. You have to do over or under, you should do the wet test. You should do, you know, um, you know, minimal, maximal cushioning, da, 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 like, just try some shoes on if they're comfortable, then just go with them, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up. And kind of underlining what I said before, that the really sad part about this anecdote is that as far as I know, unless something has changed, this, this same woman still hasn't run a single step because she's a, she doesn't know what shoes she should get. Yeah. So she's been like kicking that can down the road. Uh, you know, um, she has these shoes for CrossFit or something. She's like, can I wear the shoes I use for CrossFit? I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. You know, you could, <laughs> especially when you consider that when you're first starting, you shouldn't be running far enough for even horrible shoes, you know, to, to really mess things up. You know, you, you could, you could run around the block and in penny loafers if you had to, or exactly. just whatever you're wearing. Right. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. And that's the, if you're, if you're just starting, you should be running around the block you know, run around the block and call it success. Um, and, and build from there, you know, worry, worry about the, you know, fine tuning your footwear later, but yeah, just go, you know? And, and the second point is just kind of ties in with that, which is be patient. You know, too many people jump into running and, um, I don't know if this is getting, I, I get the sense it's getting worse, uh, over the, over the past five, 10, 15 years or so as technology has gone into, you know, hyperspeed and, and we're all, you know, so, um, so accustomed to getting instantaneous results and immediate gratification that the whole idea of, of, you know, deciding to become a runner one day, um, you know, running for three or four or five or six months, even just very, very short distances, very slowly. And then maybe signing up for a 5k, you know, and after a few months of that, maybe a 10k. And then eventually after a year, year and a half, how about a half marathon, and then a year after that, maybe you'll try a marathon like that. That would drive most people today crazy, which is too bad. You know, so many people want to go from zero to marathon yeah. in, in a few months. Um, in fact, I got another Ask Dumb Runner question about that some time ago from from someone asking, um, 
you know, my son uh, is, is fairly fit. He's young. He's in the military. He wants to do a marathon uh, this fall. Um, and this was like in the summer. So he had like three months, yeah. literally. <laughs> three, maybe four. It was four times, three or four months. Uh, can you recommend a training plan? And my response was like, uh, my, honestly, my advice is, you know, find a training plan for a half marathon and do that. Yeah. yeah why? I don't understand the urgency. You know, why does he need to do a marathon this fall? Just, you know, be patient, be patient. Yeah, um, there's, there's couch to 5K. And then that sounds like now, I mean, there's going to be couch to marathon. <laughs> Couch to ultra, I guess, Couch and to check ultra, out your bucket you list and, and move on to the next thing, right? And it's just a shame, which especially when you consider, and this is, is, is so paradoxical, because one of the most beautiful things that, that distance running can teach you, if you if you let it, uh, is the value of patience and and the fact that, you know, being patient, being, you know, um, developing that discipline to delay gratification can pay off in the in, in, in the long run, no pun intended. You know, can, can pay off in a big way, and that's a valuable life lesson as well. Um, but you're never going to get there if you don't have enough patience to begin with to stick with it and just take one step at a time. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. Again, I guess it, I tell people it depends on your goals. If your goal is just to finish a marathon and then cross it off your list and move on to bungee jumping or something or, or skydiving, then okay, train for one in four months and risk getting hurt, and you know, probably hate it. Yeah, you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy it, you know. Uh, uh, let's face it; even if you're well trained and experienced, you might not enjoy. You probably want to enjoy it. That's another story. But you know, uh, at least you won't wreck yourself um, en route. And um, yeah, I, you know, it depends on your goals. You know, I, I always ask people, "Why do you want to run a marathon?" And fairly often, they don't have a really very good answer to that. You know. I don't think they've ever stopped to think about it. I don't know. Why don't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Twenty six point two miles, or you know. Uh, and then the last yeah. one, uh, pay attention. Right, right, right. right. Pay attention. Um, so th- this this gets a little. Uh, well, actually, this this works on again on a couple levels. Uh, as I say in the article, I think um, you know, just in in the here and now, you need to pay attention to your body. Um, too many people, I think, push themselves too too hard, too fast, too long, too soon. And uh, you know, break something, <laughs> or or get frustrated because they aren't um, getting the results they want. Or I guess that's more about being patient. The the, the point is, you know, uh, if you don't pay attention to your to your body and adapt, um, then that can lead to pretty bad things. You know, um, on another level, you need to pay attention to your surroundings, and that means not just uh, you know traffic and other kind of threats, but uh, just nature. Or your your surroundings, you know, whatever. And it gets this gets a little hippy dippy, but I'm a big believer in it. Um, one of the other beautiful things about running is that if you if you let it, and this is something you can cultivate, you know, um, if you let it, it can it can really open your eyes to so much. Uh, beauty seems like such an inadequate word, but it can open your eyes to so much beauty out there, and not just like the you know. Um, trees and waterfalls and, you know, baby deer, that kind of beauty, but just, just beauty and thing in places you wouldn't expect it otherwise. Um, because too often we walk around, you know, staring at our phones or in our cars on the way to an appointment or rushing here, rushing there. And, um, you know, one of the most appealing things for me about running is that, is that, is that it's the time to kind of get away from all that and just, you know, take a breath and 
look around a little bit, you know, so pay attention, um, pay attention inwardly too to your thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, running is a wonderful opportunity to do that as well. And, you know, we have fewer and fewer opportunities like that to really pay attention to what's going on, you know, between our ears. Um, and again, on, on a macro level, you know, pay attention and recognize, uh, how far you've come, you know, if you've been running for, you know, even just a, a few weeks, maybe, you know, certainly a few months, you're going to, you're going to see some difference. You know, it can be so incremental that you, you, you risk not noticing it if you don't pay attention. But, you know, if you're feeling frustrated that you're not making enough progress fast enough, um, then, you know, maybe try to pay a little closer attention, you know, go back in time, remember like, wait a minute, actually, I, you know, I'm, I'm going around the block, not once now, but, you know, half a dozen times, I'm not completely winded and feel like I'm dying, you know, you know so you pay attention and you recognize that and, mm-hmm. um, and that can be motivating as well. Uh, so yeah, you know, just, just go be patient and pay attention. One, two, three. Um, and if you, you know, once you got that nailed down, if you want to make things more complicated, uh, you certainly can. It's easy to do. Trust me, but, yeah. but you don't have to, you don't have to, especially when you're first starting. Well, and out there today, there's, and with the, the internet, there's so many training plans available, um, for runners, um, especially beginners. So what's your advice on picking a training plan? Oh gosh. You know, I, um, not to keep plugging Ask Dumb Runner, but that's another question I got for Ask Dumb Runner as well. Uh, separate from the previous marathon training plan question. Um, and, and my answer amounted to basically, uh, and this might make some, some seasoned, uh, actual coaches out there cringe, but I stand by it. Uh, it, again, especially for beginners or for folks who, um, I I say just want to finish, but you know, quote, quote unquote, just want to finish, uh, which I think is a, is a perfectly fine goal, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, especially for folks like that who aren't necessarily going for a PR or, or trying to run a blazing time or something. If your goal is just to get fit without hurting yourself and, you know, just get prepared for the distance. I think that, you know, within reason, with a, with a few obvious caveats, within reason, it doesn't really matter what plane you pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might sound ridiculous, but I, I, I truly believe it. Um, of course, the caveats are there. The caveats being, and I would hope this goes without saying, uh, just use your head, you know? Um, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking, if you, if you know that um, you're probably... Uh, let's say you're running a, a half marathon. You're training for your first half marathon, for example. You've been running 5Ks for a couple of years. You know you, you run pretty routinely. You're fit and healthy and all that, all that good stuff. You think you're ready for a half marathon. Um, and you think that, uh, let's say, a, a two-hour and 15-minute half marathon sounds like a reasonable goal to you, then you know choose a training plan that just looks like it's about right for a 215 marathoner-type runner. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if it's, if it's called the, you know, the, the break one thirty half marathon training plan, that's not for you. You know, that's, that's what I want to say. It's obvious. Like, you know, if, it, if it's obviously just, if you look at it and think like, whoa, that's way too much mileage. And, and, uh, you know, these workouts are too intense, then keep looking, you know, but don't agonize just like with shoes. Don't agonize over, uh, which, which, training philosophy or approach you need, which method, you know, um, how much cross training should there be, you know, um, 
is it a seven day cycle or a 10 day cycle? Is it, you know, it's just, you know, as long as you, if you look at it and think like, this looks manageable, I could do this. And if I do it set what it says more or less, you know, you can, you can always fudge a little bit, or if you miss a day or two, it's not life or death. If I, if I do what this training, if I do what this training plan tells me to do more or less between now and race day, um, yeah, I will probably be okay. Um, and, and I'll be healthy and, and happy along the way, then choose that training plan. Yeah. You know, it's kind of and by the way. And, and I tell people, sorry, but I, I tell people too, not to overthink it because, you know, uh, choosing a training plan isn't like signing a mortgage or something. It's not like you're locked. It's not like getting married. You no, know, you can just, if it's not working out after a couple of weeks, if you, if you realize like, wow, this is way too hard for me or wow, this is way too easy for me or just too much mileage. You can either, you know, make some tweaks to the plan itself or toss the plan and go find a new one, you know? Um, all these things are allowed, you know, so don't, don't sweat it too much, you know? Yeah. I, I read an article about, um, it's about diets and then, you know, if you're looking to lose weight, there's, there's hundreds of diets that will work for you. They, it's just a matter of sometimes just picking one and having the awareness and, um, you know, a lot of these things will get you to the same place. It's just a matter of, you know, just, just, just going like your first point in that article we talked about, you just, you just got to start. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, are you? Uh, you're familiar with a writer named Michael Pollan, the food writer? Uh, yes, the uh, Eat Mostly Plants. Um, yeah, he's got, yeah, go exactly. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's I I uh, actually love to to bring. I think I bring him up actually in another uh, another article I did for Dumb Runner. Um, but yeah, I, I I love his approach, which is um, he distills all of his kind of advice on on eating and nutrition and diet and all that stuff into just a handful of words, which is um, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Yeah, so you know, simple and like, so amazing. Really yeah, yeah, and to be honest, you know, that, that was, I was kind of thinking of, of, of him in that, in that phrase uh, when I wrote that um, three things you need to know article. I wanted to get something similarly concise uh, and, and, and pithy and memorable that kind of distilled everything you really need to know into these three guiding principles that you could, that you could remember. Um, yeah, I mean, diet nutrition alone is just, poof, it's just crazy. It's gotten so nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's a topic for another probably two podcast episodes. Oh, gosh. Um, one, uh, one question I want to ask you, and this is something I want to address on my site or blog at some point. And I, I, I sent a survey to all the people who signed up to my email list and I've got about 700 or so people who responded. And one of the... Uh, biggest struggles people come back with and I, I've never really addressed it I've never seen anyone write an article about it is a lot of people struggle especially beginners um, with getting started running because they're shift workers um, they, uh, yeah. they either work night shifts uh, or their shifts are all over the place could be day could be night sometimes they work long shifts like 12-14 hours and they may work 14 days in a row with shifts like that and have 7 days off so I'm just wondering if, if anyone's ever asked you that type of question or any tips um, that you might be able to provide for people who uh, worked uh, shift hours? Oh gosh. Um, I have, I don't think anyone's submitted that question to me recently. Um, but it's certainly a question I've seen pop up here and again over the years mm -hmm. um, in runner's world and so on. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I really, I'm afraid I don't have much really useful advice. Uh, sad to say, um, uh, except, you know, I guess my advice would be, uh, you know, be young and single, 
<laughs> because when I was actually, because I did in college, in summers in college, I did shift work. Um, and it was brutal. We did, it was this uh, television tube glass factory, right? And it ran 24 hours a day. So we would do seven days in a row from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., have a day off, and then seven days in a row, four to midnight, have two days off, and then seven days in a row, midnight to 8 a.m. Yeah. Have four days off. So it was brutal. Um, but, that, you know, when I was working there was when I, um, you know, I, was just, I was biking a lot, and that was actually the period of my life when I, when I won, I think I, I won like two bike races in my entire life. And while I was doing that, that swing shift work was my, when I won one of them, you know? So I was obviously training, but the, my secret was being, you know, 20 years old and uh, <laughs> living at home with my parents. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's, so that's my advice. Be young and, and have no responsibilities except training and working. But yeah, beyond that, gosh, it, that, that's a tough one. It's tough. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it too, maybe go back to your three points again, you be patient and you really got to pay attention because I mean, if your sleeping patterns are messed up, um, you might be more apt to, to get injured and sick and, um, and you got to be really patient because maybe some weeks perhaps you can, you know, maybe run only once or twice and then other weeks you can run five, six times. So uh, yeah, that being yeah. patient really kicks in there too. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, some some questions are just really tough questions, and I, yeah. I'm just curious as anybody to see what kind of answers you come up with. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess you know, if I guess I would add at the last minute here, um, don't be afraid to, uh, and this is this applies to any number of scenarios, I guess. Don't be afraid to kind of play around and experiment, um, try different approaches. You know, try uh, you know training before work, try after work, uh, try this and that. You know, eat this time or that time, and you know, if you're paid again, if you're, if you be patient, you know, if you just go and be patient and you're patient enough, uh, and open-minded enough, you know, I'm sure sooner or later, you're going to, you're going to land, you're going to land on a, on a, um, combination of, of, you know, on, on, a, on a balance that works for you and your sleep cycles and your own body and your own needs. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I also, before we, I know we're moving along in time here. So, um, yeah. before we sign off, I want to mention, you've also got, uh, is it five books or four books? Uh, that depends on how you define books. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be coy, but really, so, uh, my most, yeah, so I, I've written what you would call, I guess, four actual books Okay. and one, um, training journal, gotcha. which is book like, but not a book book, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, yeah, if anybody's curious, there uh, you can see them all on um, on dumbrunner.com/store. Uh, uh, you can order personalized signed copies there, as well as uh, there are links to buy them on Amazon and so on. Um, or my personal site is uh, mark Um and it has you know similar information about all my books. Okay, well, I'll be sure to put the links um, to those um, to your sites that you mentioned there in the show notes. But I also want to give away as appreciation um, or a token appreciation to you and um, to help a, a lucky listener. I want to give away a copy of each of um, your five or four books plus your training journal. Um, so all five of them to one lucky listener. And I thought um, to to enter, just leave a comment on the show notes page, which will be at healthynomics.com slash 31. And uh, it may take uh, a week or so for me to get this uh, p- 
post our episode up. But um, leave your comment by May 31st, 2017, and I'll pick uh, a lucky winner on June 1st, 2017, and uh, I'll contact you, and then I'll get in touch perhaps with you, Mark, and maybe we can um, arrange to get those signed as well, and I'll uh, send you the money, and uh, someone will be a happy winner. Oh, that's brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, first first prize is one copy of each of my books, and second prize is two copies of each of my books. Right? What's that? No, it's, it's oh, two, two copies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be, be good. Um, so, anyways, uh, again, so healthynomics.com slash thirty one, and um, Mark. Anyways, thanks very much for your time and expertise. Um, anywhere else people can connect with you online besides dumbrunner.com and markrenny.com. Oh gosh, those are the those are the two biggies. Uh, you know, you can find my columns in, in Runners World magazine, of course. Uh, eventually, they're archived on RunnersWorld.com. Um, you can also find my older Rainey's World um, online columns, uh, which is like seven and a half years worth of online columns I did for Runners World, are still there someplace if you search for them. Um, but yeah, DumbRunner.com, MarkRainey.com, and um, you can find links on both those sites to my social media feeds as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mark. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Nomics Podcast at www.healthynomics.com.